Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Konenitsya, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. This podcast is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper that has been published in English in the United States for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Our guest for this episode is Alex Lisitsa, who is a board member of the professional association, Ukrainian Agribusiness Club, and an expert on Ukrainian agriculture. Welcome, Alex. How are you? Hi, Michael. I'm fine. Thank you. It was a quite busy day today in Ukraine, but uh, yeah, we are still alive. Yeah, so maybe we can talk for a minute about what's happening. Uh, we were chatting just before we started recording. I understand that the Russians have again hit Ukraine with a major missile attack today. And in Kiev, uh, a lot of power has been lost and that's affected you as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got a meeting today in the in Ukrainian capital, uh, Kiev, with uh, members of parliament. But uh, uh, unfortunately, somewhere between 2 and 3 p.m. Uh, started uh, started uh, the, the alarm. And uh, of course, uh, we have learned over the last few weeks that uh, every one alarm means something. And then we've got the messages that more than 40 missiles are flying to Kiev. And... Uh, some of them uh, hit uh, the living blocks in the capital. Some of them electricity stations. So unfortunately, we didn't have, still didn't have any electricity right now. So um, yeah, that uh, and I did not uh, get any access to to the internet just to read messages because normally, uh, if uh, electricity does not work, unfortunately, mobile mobile uh, internet does not work. Uh, uh, mobile uh, telephones do not work. So unfortunately, you're sitting without any kind of connection to the real world. And that's a little bit scary. Yes, I understand. So let's start off by uh, getting a little bit of background on yourself, both educational and professional. Yeah, I grew up in a small village in the north Ukraine and uh, region Chernigiv, which is uh, close to Belarus and Russia. So my family was a traditional farmer family. We grew potatoes, uh, different types of animals. So, um, and um, I, I did some, uh, yeah. And then uh, after the school, I went to the university in Kiev and studied agriculture. After university in Kiev, I've been to Germany for more than 10 years and studied in Germany, agriculture, economics, and then I did my PhD in Germany as well and used to work for German government for four years in terms of their agriculture policy devising for the Eastern European countries, including Ukraine. And uh, yeah, and since 2006, I've been, uh, uh, yeah, I've been staying in Ukraine and uh, have had different, uh, uh, different uh, positions uh, as a president of Ukrainian Agribusiness Club uh, been till uh, last December. Then I've started a few businesses here in Ukraine including one uh, agriculture production company called IMC. Um, we operate 120,000 hectares of land in three regions of Ukraine uh, and uh, Chernigiv, so my home region, Chernigiv, uh, Sumy, and Poltava. 
And then I have also a lot of uh, interests in education. So I'm a board member of uh, Ukrainian agriculture universities, but also of Kiev School of Economics. Alex, let's talk about the situation with Ukrainian agriculture at the current time. Obviously, as a result of the war with Russia, there's been a major dislocation in Ukrainian agriculture. And almost daily, we read about what's been happening in terms of Ukraine not being able to export its agricultural products to the rest of the world. And not only is this impacting on Ukraine financially, but a lot of third world countries are now unable to get those agricultural products which reached them in the past from Ukraine. If you can bring up the highlights of what has happened to Ukrainian agriculture in the past eight months. I would say Ukraine uh, or Ukrainian agribusiness has had uh, kind of four different types of uh, stages uh, of the last eight months. But before I do start with uh, uh, with, uh, developments of the last uh, uh, months, I I need to say that uh, last year, 2021, was exceptionally successful for the Ukrainian agribusiness, not only in terms of the production, but also in terms of the financial results. Uh, Ukraine has had last year actually the record harvest of the grains and all seeds. And then, of course, the financially was very successful year because the inputs in a springtime were quite cheap and the outputs or the prices for the grains were very good. So finally, Ukrainian agribusiness had a possibility last September to uh, plant a uh, uh, a winter wheat, like 7 million hectares, with enough fertilizers, etc. So why am I explaining that? Because it's quite important that uh, we're still uh, in agriculture, we're still alive because of the savings from the last year. And that's exactly the point. Uh, in a February event, the war uh, started uh, and the Russia came to Ukraine with uh, army, of course, we were shocked because nobody has expected such kind of war with Russia, especially in my region, in Chernigov region, which is very close to Russia and Belarus. Everybody has a kind of relationship to the, to the Russians' uh, family relationships or other relationships. Uh, and it was, of course, a big, big shock for everybody. And what we have done the first two months, we just cared about people. Uh, people who left their homes, people who tried to survive on stuff, done uh, soldiers who was mobilized for the Ukrainian forces, etc., etc. So we did not care much about business, honestly said, because it was a big fight about surviving in terms of uh, in terms of stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, somewhere in middle of uh, April, we understood, yeah, we are still alive and. Uh, 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 we can fight against Russians, so we can find not only there on the front line, but we should find also on the agriculture field. And we started to think, what should we, can we, how can we work? What should we do? And started actually to prepare the fields. Uh, of course, with less uh, fertilizers, with a lot of troubles with logistics, increasing prices for oil, increasing prices for plant protection, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the Ukrainian egg business has done actually quite a good job. And then because of the savings from the last year, and then come to the situation where we have no idea what to do with grains. 
because last year was exceptionally good. So we had uh, more than 24 million tons of grains in our storages and uh, all the export was stopped. And the Black Sea was actually the key, uh, uh, key, key, key possibility to export from Ukraine. So uh, we were sitting on the grains and uh, didn't have any uh, liquidity and um, was a huge problem with uh, the border on the Western countries. And actually, a lot of companies started to think about uh, exit strategy because no money, no chance to survive, uh, what to do. And finally, when the grain deal with uh, Turkey, Russia and UN was done, uh, that was a kind of light in a tunnel and we've started to export. Uh, if I do talk about my company, normally we have exported like uh, between 80 and 100,000 tons per month. Before the grain deal, we have exported via Western border only between eight and 10,000 tons, which was, of course, not enough to cover all the costs. So, and then the grain deal has helped us actually to increase the export up to 60,000 tons per month. So we have finished the harvesting of winter wheat with a good results and started also to harvest the uh, corn and, and sunflowers. But in the same time, right now, we do have a big problem with liquidity uh, because, uh, as I said before, there is problems with logistics in Ukraine, increasing prices for everything. But the biggest problem right now is the electricity, because unfortunately we need to dry everything on the on on the silos or on storage facilities, and the electricity does not work practically in many regions over the day. So that should be done only per night, and that of course it takes a little bit longer with harvesting. Uh, than, than uh, normally. So just one number, uh, normally end of the November was actually finishing of harvest of corn. Right now, across the country, we have harvested only 30% off. So that means and then September will uh, will come the hard winter in Ukraine. So it looks like the, the many farmers will need to take in account that they will be not able to harvest. So that means they will not have money enough in the spring again, uh, uh, and that will be uh, that will be another one big disaster. So that's that's quite a difficult time for everybody and for agriculture as well. But I think uh, has everybody understood in agribusiness that uh, we have to fight on agriculture field and we do our best to uh, produce the goods not only for Ukraine but as you mentioned also for the poor countries in the world. Alex, what about the actual harvesting of the crops? Have they been affected by the extensive landmines that uh, the Russians have placed on Ukrainian uh, agricultural land? Of course. I mean, if I do speak about my company, from 120,000 hectares of land, 32,000 hectares of land were mined in the April, March and April. So we couldn't do anything. And it has taken like up to six months uh, to get everything away. So we do speak not only about the mines, but also about the rest of the rockets. And that's partly also not exposed. So that means uh, you need a special special forces to go through the fields, especially in the, uh, in the border regions, on the border farms. And that's, uh, that's quite difficult stuff. So that's of course affected. And I think in the South Ukraine, uh, like Kherson region or uh, Eastern Ukraine, Kharkiv right now, there will be really big disaster. So that will take definitely years to, to get everything away from the fields. 
so what is actually happening with the export of Ukraine's agricultural products right now? You mentioned the fact that uh, there was a deal worked out between the UN, Turkey, and the Russians to allow exports to resume uh, through the south of Ukraine, particularly in the port of Odessa. But as I've read in the press, this seems to get turned on and off by the Russians at various times. So what is happening right now today regarding the exported products? Right now, today, everybody is waiting uh, on the 20th of November because 20th of November is exactly the date where the four months of this, of since signed the agreement, are uh, uh, finishing. And that is actually the question. Uh, due to the agreement with Russia, Turkey, and UN, uh, if no one of the parties will cancel the deal till 20th of November, then the deal will be prolonged automatically for the next four months. The Russians are, as you mentioned, very unpredictable in, in their behavior. So right now, nobody's, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen on the 20th of November. We do talk here in agribusiness community that they will probably prolong the deal because of our interest and because of the pressure from Turkey and the UN. But in the same time, as you can imagine, right now is happening nothing on the seaports because everybody is scared to sign the new contracts or to get the shift to, to Ukraine. So I think that week will be, we will, we will be just waiting on somewhere next week when the deal will be prolonged for the next four months. Then we will start with new contracts and commitments to the, to the trading companies uh, to, to get shipped to the Ukraine. So that means we will definitely lose like two weeks or three weeks. Alex, are other routes being developed to export Ukrainian agricultural products? Yes and not. I mean, uh, there are one route which is quite quite popular right now, a so-called Danube route. Uh, that's like uh, uh, the Ukrainian farmers bring the grains to the Danube. They are small uh, seaports. I mean, not seaports, but river ports on the Ukrainian side. And then the chiefs they bring the grains to the Romanian seaport, Constanza. And then from Constanza, this uh, big chief like Panamax will be delivered to the final client. That makes, of course, everything quite difficult. And that's, of course, uh, cost money. So the second route is via Western border by train. It's also quite difficult because of many things. Uh, they are different types of trains and they are different types of uh, a number of wagons and they are different types of, uh, of railways uh, between Ukraine and uh, Western Euro European countries. And that's what we have found. Uh, I mean, the, the Polish market, for example, is not prepared for such big amount from Ukraine. So uh, three Polish seaports, including the largest one, Gdansk, they can uh, export only 2 million tons of grains per year. Ukraine exports 6 million tons per month. Can you imagine how big was the disaster in March and uh, April for the Polish market? And of course, uh, the same story was also in uh, Romania and Hungary. 
but Hungary has survived quite well because they have had a bad harvest that year, so that was not that bad. But due to the logistic problems with uh, uh, points I mentioned before, it's quite expensive way and it's not uh, that good one. So and the last one is the, by trucks, the same story like by train, very expensive. So I can tell you just one example. If the price on Paris, on Motif Stock Exchange, uh, a grain exchange, sorry, not a uh, grain exchange, is roughly 350 US dollars, then on a border between Ukraine and Poland, 220 dollars. And their logistic costs are between central Ukraine and the Polish border, 120 dollars. So finally, the Ukrainian farmer get, gets only 100 dollars in the pocket. And the production cost per ton are 150, 160 dollars. So we do sell right now. Uh, and do not cover the production cost even due to so high logistic cost to the uh, insurances, reinsurances, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So unfortunately, the agribusiness right now is not really uh, uh, profitable uh, uh, and, and so good right now. Alex, unfortunately, we're just about out of time, but I do want to ask you one final question. Looking at 2023, what do you think will happen with Ukraine's agribusiness? And obviously, it's difficult to say because the situation on the ground changes from day to day. But given your best guess, what do you think is going to happen? I think I think uh, that will be the year for Ukrainian agribusiness will be even worse than 2022 because of many reasons. Uh, the first reason is lack of liquidity and not enough financial resources for agribusiness, no banking financing, no state guarantees, nothing. Uh, at it, you can see that normally Ukraine uh, plants 7 million hectares of winter crops. That year, 2022, was only 3.5. So that health of uh, what should be done in the spring, nobody knows. That will depend on how many hectares we will actually harvest during the winter, which is not normal, of course. And I think that next year, uh, a lot of companies, they will not survive. Alex, on that note, we're going to end our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today on Krenitsia. Thank you, Michael. All the best. I have been speaking with Alex Lisitsa, who is a board member with the Association Ukraine Agribusiness Club and an expert on agribusiness in Ukraine. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kredenitsia, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. Today's episode was brought to you by The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in the U.S. in English for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Until next time, that's all for now.